Podcast. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying yes to everything these days, you know. Good for you. Well, I mean, this this podcast was born of the COVID times and, you know, trying to figure out how to connect and um, and hang out. I love when, it. Uh, it's great. When we well, got and also you, like, uh, we're 50 year old white guys. So, you know, that we love Wilco. This is how much you love Wilco. I, my younger daughter was, I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm going to 11 tonight. She's like, why, why are you recording so late? And I was like, Oh, we got the keyboardist from Wilco. And she was like, you got the keyboardist from Wilco. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she's like, you must be so thrilled. And I was like, yes, yes, I am thrilled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. There's Jeff in Berkeley. There's Ben in Knoxville. Yes. Who is this in the upper corner? I I can't see your screen. That was your cue. (laughs) It is Michael Jorgensen from Wilco. Us on the podcast truly a special guest and oh, not just sure. of wilco but i if you don't mind i'm gonna talk up uh another project of yours i am actually a pretty big pronto fan oh wow i That's love cool. that all is golden record and i actually bought the Bandcamp big dump unreleased pronto that you put out i loved it reaper oh, bond cool. a bunch of great tunes on there so you were the only one Oh. No, <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't. But anyway, yeah, if, you, if you're if you a Wilco fan and you haven't checked out Pronto's All is Golden, it's a treat. It's a great record. I highly recommend it. So, And Michael, you're also, you've got another project, the Expandards, correct? Expandards, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny because uh, there's no the in front of it. And I know that's like, okay. it's sort of, um, we have this, I'm guilty of it too, there's not it's not the beastie boys not to compare us right. to the beastie boys but it's beastie boys and this is expanders and not expanders. the expanders the idea then, is that we would we were expanding uh the great american songbook at the initial thought behind that was we were expanding standards and it was oh, like it was just nice. like kind of a silly portmanteau that we couldn't think of anything better, so we just <laughs> left it. So <laughs> I've been in much worse named bands than that for much more terrible reasons. I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and, so. and so, Michael, are you 50? Not yet. Not yet. But eventually. This is just warming you up <laughs> Not for away. the yeah. golden I've got, years. I've got another year and three months or so. Okay. So yeah, you can consider right. tonight like a cautionary tale for you about how to handle the next <laughs> couple of years. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we like, are worrying about legacy and what am I going to leave my kids like this 30 terabytes of data? Oh my God, right? this is it. <laughs> uh, I've been, um, I've got a 12 year old daughter, Michael, and I have been trying to uh, get her to learn theologians on the piano. She's becoming a pretty good piano player. Oh, great. And, and she, uh, she, she kept listening to it, listening to it and trying to figure it out. And she's like, I don't know what this guy's doing. And I'm it's like, weird. Right. I'll say it. Cool, it's Michael. weird. It is I, weird. You know, uh, Pronto opened for Jeff, oh, God, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, uh-huh. And we did a few shows up in the Northeast, and um, we played at Uncommon, what is it called? Oh, this is awful. Um, 
uh, big venue in Burlington. Um, higher ground. Higher ground. Higher ground. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Um, and Jeff's like, hey, you want to play theologians uh, during my show? And I was like, yeah, that's great. I'll leave a keyboard set up and we'll do it. Uh -huh. And I realized that my part has sort of nothing to do with the backbeat <laughs> of that song. <laughs> and then, and we hadn't practiced it. We hadn't run it because like we've played it, you know, a thousand times. And I was like, ah, oh, this will be great. Okay. And then I got up there and I'm like, wow, this is really weird and hard to do. <laughs> and had like several post-pronto show cocktails. So I was a little, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the accuracy was a little lower than I would have liked it to have been. Well, yeah, I will tell Flannery that it's, it's not her. It's you. It's this is weird. Great. Like, okay. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I mean, it's just that that's my musical career to a degree. Like, like I know how to do some things and other people can't figure it out. So that's probably good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into 2014 and, and, and Jeff, you're going to set the musical stage for us to see what we get our brains back to 2014. The Grammy winner. It's the Grammy winner. Stay With Me by Sam Smith. Oh, this is that Sam Smith song? It is indeed. Oh, this is the one he got sued this for, right? This is true. I'm not good yep. at one night stand. But I still need love because I'm just a man. These nights never seem to go to plan. Well, I... Well, I don't want you back to down. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. Uh, all right, wait. Who sued him? Why did he get sued? Uh, oh, I, he got like, sued by Tom Petty. Yeah, I think and Tom Petty I mean, won. He did. He took Stay With Me, built another pool on the Malibu estate for Tom Petty, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that he doesn't get to use anymore. Oh. You know what's well, bummer about that is that... Uh, it, it, they were handling it privately and then Sam just couldn't help himself and did an interview where he was really mad and hurt. It was like, that guy's got $50 million and it's my first hit and he couldn't leave me alone. And, and then, you know, Tom, Tom's like irascible Florida teenager came out a little bit. Like it looked like they were going to settle that quietly and then it got a little chippy, but. What, I would say on the list of winning suits like that this one's not as strong it's not ghostbusters where it's the exact no i know song. it's certainly not at the last week blurred lines i mean yeah, it's, blurred lines you know. is this oh, well yeah. i mean the drum beat is exact the vibe and the drum beat are exactly the same in yeah, yeah. Lines. that There's, is that is a far more like egregious right like and colonial pilfering and that is yeah. like almost unexcusable right but it is the, a tough one for tom petty it really is yeah, it was a little weird. I, it's just like, it's like you can't copyright A minor. You know? I know, like, right? I don't, I don't know what song it's, I don't know what key it's in, but it's like, it's just like a... <laughs> but if I did. Four, four or five, you know, I mean, give him a break. Yeah. And I like that one, you know, like all those songs that are basically with or without you, there's like 300 of them and they all seem to coexist without lawsuits. So. Yeah. And I mean, like Radiohead sued somebody, but they basically ripped off the turtles. I mean, that's just how culture works, you know? Yeah. And then you get the lawyers and the and the, the business people involved and it really just it can be devolving become very ugly very very quickly right. so well it still won the grammy it is it's a pretty humorous look for the grammys they <laughs> know, right? they're like oh this is stolen from something else i like it <laughs> <laughs> all right 2014 also brings us uh, a, a lot of news um uh, 
Ben Barton, Adam Silver becomes the NBA commish. Good run so far by Silver? I would say pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't crazy about the All-Star game, hauling all those guys into Atlanta together yeah. to be in the same place and possibly get sick. But yeah. otherwise, I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job. Right. Yeah, and I was super turning... into the I was super into the Clipper stuff. I mean, he handled right. that. That was the turning point, right? When he threw uh, Donald Sterling out of the league and just made a stand for the players. Like that was a that was a good moment. Yeah. All right. All right. Good job. Uh, Two thousand fourteen. No uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about sports, really. Oh, uh, I appreciate gonna... it. I don't I don't deny anybody. I, I'm not. They're That's good news, man, because I thought you were going to be like, I love Donald Sterling. But my favorite thing is, is an old racist. I, I, mean, I don't know why they why they couldn't let that guy keep that team. Oh, see, yeah, see, that's why that's why no comments. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what waters I'm treading um, into. So I'll let you guys handle it well, from here. Well, Michael, I have gotten a lot of flack from Ben and Jeff uh, in the time we've been doing this about uh, space exploration. Oh. Uh, how do you feel about space and space exploration? <laughs> um. God, it's complicated, especially in 20, <laughs> 2021, 2020. Um, you know, historically, that was a, it was, you know, the, the, the race to space and like, right. um, was, was really a galvanizing experience for our country. And it sort of, it did all the things that it sort of was supposed to do, right? You know, like, we're number one, you know, look at what we can accomplish when we put our minds to it and get Americans to cooperate and mm. uh but uh and i i have i have friends who uh work at jpl and um oh wow and so i've been i've, I've gone there a couple times like on uh they so they have a they have a public day where you know the a general public is allowed to come and, and tour and they have little exhibits and sort of like a science fair kind of thing but it's JPL, so it's super awesome. It's a really good science. Um, and our, our, a friend of mine is a roboticist, and she was showing my kids how she could control the Mars rover with her iPhone. And oh. this was probably in 2015, 20, yeah. like around the time that we were kind of talking about. But but anyway, uh, it, you know, the fact that the that Perseverance that just landed is like, it's all flight. It's, there's nobody's controlling it. It's just computers. Wow. is astonishing right it's i mean incredible. that is a, a monumental task but we still have like a ton of problems here on earth okay that also okay. needs to Fair. be looked at yes. as well okay. so i so. i i see it at both sides you know so, so i thought it, i thought tim was going to put you in a breakout room with him to do oh, that yeah, no, dude. <laughs> I was no, excited. tim has fired us and you're the permanent guest and it's not yeah. a music podcast anymore it's just you guys talking space but, <laughs> but michael's michael's got a great point because in 2014 mankind is able to place a a rover on a moving comet which i think is unbelievable oh, that is that's and, some next level and at the to. same time the flint Michigan water crisis starts and we can't get clean water to citizens for six well, years. Well, we could. Sorry. We just didn't okay. Wanna. Okay. We were yep. doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. It's, it's uh, embarrassing. It's it, really embarrassing. Is that right. 14? It started in 14? Isn't yeah, that unbelievable? 2014. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, we, we're not going to dwell on the other. The other piece of this moment is Tim will choose drastically tragic news from 2014 to share to bum us yeah. all out. And then we talk about music. It's a very, but like, it's become nothing. a very weird podcast. It has, <laughs> it has peaks and valleys. 
So. Come at me, bro. I just went through 2020. You know? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, all right. Here's what we got. A little contest between the three of you. Name the Nobel Peace Prize winner of 2014. Jeff, your first guess. And ben Barton. Come on. Michael. Really? Grimes. It is <laughs> Malala. Oh, oh well, you know, you know, right. I should have had take a shot at I that. I should have known. I should have known that. I've read that book to our kids. Uh, yeah, but I was, you know, points for the one name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you didn't say share, which would have been a much less appropriate oh, one yeah. name. Yeah. Answer, yeah. And, uh, um, all right. Uh, sorry. Back to sports, Michael. You could sit this one out, uh, Ben and Jeff. What was the worst loss? The Denver Broncos to the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl or Brazil losing to Germany in the World Cup? Was that the 7 nothing game? 7-1. Germany just yeah, – yeah, that was worse. That was unbelievable. I was I, just watching Brazilians sobbing in the stands. That yeah, was, that was the that key. Was, Michael. Yeah, I, look, uh, soccer is the one thing that I'm All a right. fair-weather friend <laughs> okay. uh, for. Uh, I, love, I love to watch football matches. Um, and yeah, that I remember that game. That was it brutal. was just like so they are, this is <laughs> this is hardcore. They're, They're hosting drubbed yeah, Brazil's yeah. moment on the world stage as yeah. the hosts, and they're in the finals. And oh, all right. Well, since we're all so sad, let's go to the number one hit. And of that wasn't so bad. Actually, I have a trivia question for. Uh-oh. Tim and Ben, actually, and it is a guest. It's a, a guest question. I got a little help from a mutual friend, Michael. I have a trivia question uh-huh. about uh, ready. So, okay, Michael's dad was the engineer for what 1970s sitcom theme song? Michael's, oh, I know this dad, one. Michael's dad was the engineer for a television sitcom. A big one. Big. Super famous, iconic television theme song that charted. Oh, welcome back, Carter. No. Moving on up. Tell me it's moving on up. Give me nope. some moving on up. No? It's an instrumental. There are no vocals. I'll, that's the first hint. Uh, oh, is it? What year is Hill Street Blues? It's not Hill Street Blues. Um, all right. So 1970s TV show. Inst- oh, is it The Rockford Files? No. Oh, yeah, yes. Mike Post. No. Oh, all right. I'll give you one. It's a one word clue. Ready? Rigor. (laughs) A a word said on that show probably 1000 times over its 12 years on the air. Rigor. Yeah. It also launched the careers of actors that dominated the 1980s and back to the future. Throw mama from the train. Billy. Oh, soap. No, taxi. Taxi. Bob oh. James's on the radio, which became the taxi theme song. That's no amazing. Way. Is that true? That's yeah. a crazy story. I hope it's true. Otherwise, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally otherwise, true. I, I Tom just... Schick really set me up to look like an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally true. I mean, that was. I mean, this is something that I've I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I imagine many of us are kind of stuck ruminating because there's not much else to do. And right. And just thinking back on my childhood and how weird it was <laughs> that Bob James was like this sort of secondary father figure in my life. 
because we, my dad was an engineer and he was also his front of house guy. So, uh, you know, and anytime that Bob would play, I would, I would go along if it was in New York. You know? uh-huh. So uh, I went to see him at the Blue Note and Avery Fisher Hall, the bottom line, uh, the Beacon Theater. And, um, but yeah, I, I was just listening to uh, early Bob James records that my dad worked on. And I was just like struck with how much I still remember all the nuances of all of those incredible performances. Oh, wow. Oh, that's an intense story for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening to, I was listening to Angela. I I swear it was just last week. And I was like, I haven't listened to this all the way through as a piece of music in a while. Because you kind of hear it culturally. There it is. Yeah. I have a second. I I get it. Yeah. Um, The the recorder's name, the guy who plays the recorder is a guy named George Marge, who... um, I took two flute lessons from <laughs> that's nice. so cool and uh but yeah it's and it's it is it is sort of strange to realize like how different of an experience i have had growing up compared to like the guys in wilco and practically every other human being on the planet <laughs> <laughs> where i was not a classic rock wasn't a thing for me i didn't listen to right it to anything but the mixes that my dad would bring home and I would listen to like the uh kiss fm which was back in the 70s and 80s was like the urban kind of like soul sure r&b station because that was like where all the cool music was being played yeah I didn't really care about top 40 radio or anything at that point and when I got a little older that became a little more important because those are cultural touchstones to talk right. to your friends about right but but up until that point, it was all Bob James and it's and bizarre. Lessons, it's like, yeah. okay, no vocals. All songs have to be six minutes and you need yeah. like a million <laughs> instruments to play on. Yeah. You know, Angela is the first song I taught myself how to play on the piano. Oh, like really? I was, yeah. And I was like eight or nine. I spent the whole afternoon just picking out that. But I just, the first time I heard that, I just loved it. And I didn't realize like why the piano sounded wrong. I didn't understand it was a Fender Rhodes. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about vintage keyboards, but uh, I just, uh, I loved that. And I had, and then I, um, I found Touchdown, the record it's on for like a dime at a county fair. And then when I realized it was longer than a minute, I was so excited, learned how to play yeah. the whole four minutes, you know? No, it's like, so it's such a, I love that song. And uh, it's, it's crazy to me that, I mean, from a commercial standpoint, and we don't have to talk about this for too much longer, but um, the idea that you would put the theme song to a TV show in a six-minute song right? kind of amazing. You would imagine that, like, oh, like, let's make this three minutes to so we can get it on the radio. Right. You know, there, there probably was a radio edit of it, but, like, on the album version, nope, it's a six-minute jam. Like, Dude, yep. even the radio version. Jeff said it charted. Like it's yeah. Yeah. insane. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, and there's a top different... forty radio station where they were like, "Hey, that was Diana Ross." And next up, and then they played <laughs> that song. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Michael, what, what's your hometown? Where'd you grow up? 
Uh, I was born in Glen Ridge, New Jersey, so just okay. across from Manhattan. And um, and then my parents moved to Atlantic Highlands, which is sort of due south of the Verrazano uh, Bridge. Okay. That connects Staten Island to Brooklyn. Sure. And I could see that from my bedroom growing up. We were right on oh, the water really on this cool. this cool old dilapidated Victorian. And um, yeah. All right. All right. Well, Jeff, that's your segue into the Grammy winner. Hey, could you check? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, that's your segue into the number one hit. It's the number one hit. Happy by Pharrell Williams. This is it. Oh, crazy what I'm about to say. So we talked about, is it Pharrell? Yes. Last week we talked about him with Blurred Lines, but you guys both mentioned you liked his earlier stuff. What was his earlier stuff? Ben? Yeah, so he's a super well-known um, rap producer and rapper. Um, he was in the Neptunes. And originally, like, he was, like, wrapped along with Pusha T. Like, they were a super interesting oh. group of folks. Okay. Um, and then he did Nerd, N-E-R-D, which was, like, a more, like, prog rock mix with rap stuff. And Blurred Lines was a total comeback for him. Like, it was not, huh. it was not clear that he was going to make it. And then he just really, like, cashed in big time. This is Despicable Me, right? That's that yeah. was the movie this was in. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, that, for me, this is see, taking my son to see Weird Al Yankovic, though. Like, this, uh, which is still maybe one of the all-time greatest shows I've ever seen. I cannot overemphasize what, does he have? what is his how amazing Weird Al is in concert. But what, what is his song for this? Uh, tacky, <laughs> like mis mismatching outfits and bad hats. But the show started. <laughs> With the band on stage playing this, and then Weird Al was projected in the parking garage of the Masonic, and then he sang it. He took the elevator up, and then he went outside, all still singing, and then came in the front door and ran down the aisle and finished the song on the stage with a guy filming him the whole time. It was just like, it was the craziest, most hilarious, and first four minutes of a rock concert I've ever seen. And then he took it. It went up from there. I was just, I remember texting the. Friend, the, the guys in the band I was in at the time, like our our stage show is so abysmally unacceptable compared to what I'm watching. It's just like a Broadway show, you know. <laughs> so good. National treasure. Weird Al. Yeah. Yeah, man. National treasure. Yeah. I've taken oh, my son to see him like five times. And I mean, he I I I've left all five times thinking like we should just make Weird Al super fans like a national think tank cabinet and we'd be okay. Like they would, they would find <laughs> solutions for things, you know? But man, the happy song is just, I think that it was like, it didn't even have like any push, right? Like it just, it was just, it was like wildfire. It really was. Like there, I, from people like, I, I remember it. seeing yeah. a, an interview with Pharrell and Oprah for, and it's, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but she was just like, it just it just exploded without a lot of like industry push you know right i mean it was just the right song at the right moment um and we were still 
uh, what we were like two years into Obama at that point. No, no, no. No. Four, wait, what is this? Twenty sixteen. This is twenty fourteen. So two years into his second term. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, man, shit is great. Yeah, There's a lot of problems, <laughs> but like, shit is pretty great right now. Like, it feels really good. Like, all that music from from that era always sounds really happy. Like Phoenix and yeah, yeah, that's right. From from that moment, is this real sort of joyous feeling? But not not anymore so much. Um, <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to really so throw throw ice water on this conversation. But, <laughs> but before I do, uh, the ice bucket challenge was in 2014. Oh. This is your invitation to cynicism. You can be cynical about it or not. Uh, did you all participate in the ice bucket challenge to raise awareness for ALS? I did it. Yes. Yes, I did. Did it, Ben yeah. Barton? So this will come up in the song selection, but we were living in Slovenia oh. and my older daughter who was then, I guess 12, right? Or 13 did it. And so I can't say anything mean about it at all. Okay. <laughs> did, did you Fair get enough. water poured on you, Ben? No, but Michael, you did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Icy cold water. Yep. I didn't find it all that troublesome. Okay. Hey, I'll tell you what. They raised $220 million worldwide, which is more than they would have raised without, without it, for sure, yeah. an ice bucket challenge. Uh, Jeff, what were you going to say? <laughs> well, I have a creepy moment from that, which is uh, my head of school uh, oh, went out in a blaze of, of just inglorious bad behavior uh, the next year. And the moment when I realized something was really wrong with him, is he challenged himself to the ice bucket challenge and like got up on stage in front of the whole school and silently said, I'm taking the ice bucket challenge and then just poured a bucket of water on his head and like saturated the stage and shorted out some lights and then just stood there wet and then walked out immediately out of the auditorium and just left. And we were all like, uh, and I definitely remember turning to the guy next to me like, okay, Something's not right there. Yeah. And like that... three months later, he was arrested. So, yeah. Yeah. We won't get into that. Uh, that was the dark But it, was, times it turned out to be an indicator of people's, you know, how, how were people doing? Like, you know, like you could get a sense from that. But. Um, okay. Uh, Colorado adopts the uh, state license sale of cannabis. We've survived, right? We're, yeah. we're doing okay as a society. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> um <laughs> all right i've got uh impossible questions michael this these are all for you okay. um because ben and jeff over the course of the podcast have answered these questions so this is going to be rapid fire it's gonna be like word association okay rapid fire you're gonna tell me your favorites and this is an impossible question you just have to go with it you cannot name anyone with whom you've played or play Okay. Because that would be unfair. All right, ready? Uh, greatest guitarist ever? Uh, Jeff Beck. All right. Nice one. That makes you really happy. Okay. Uh, greatest drummer ever? Steve Gadd. Nice. I'm sorry, who's Steve Gadd? He's a, he's a session drummer. He's played on okay. 100 songs you've heard. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, greatest bassist ever. Uh, Pino Palladino. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, greatest male vocalist. Donny Hathaway. Greatest female vocalist. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Wonderful. Oh, dude, these are great answers, these man. Great. You're just demolishing me and Jeff. You're doing a All really right. nice job. And now, I love it. You get some deep cuts in there. It's really well done. Jeff and Ben, you get to enter into the conversation off the top of your head. Uh, greatest keyboardist. Go. Present company excluded, of course. I was just going to say, right I, I would say McCoy Tyner is my all-time favorite piano player. Nice. That's jazz. And then um, I would say for rock keyboards, I like guys who kind of keep it chunky and, and uh, kind of in the middle of the keyboard. So I'm going to go with uh, the guy from level 42. Yeah, exactly. Um, who him. plays guitar for Night Ranger? I'm going to go with <laughs> David Sanchez. Okay. Uh, probably not the right answer. But I just heard him play this afternoon. He can. He is okay. Very good. Uh, Michael Ben, who wants to go next? I decline to answer this without prep. That's this is not fair. <laughs> oh, come on! No way. No You're way. the worst. <laughs> uh, All right, Michael. <laughs> I mean, the list is so long. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Thelonious Monk, Bill Evans, Randy Newman. Oh, I do like uh, Elton John. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's pretty great. Uh, no, those with, uh, are perfect. Corey, Corey Henry, Robert Glasper, those guys, uh, uh, Jacob Collier. I mean, Herbie Hancock. I mean, you know, Ooh, there's, yeah. there's no shortage. Where do you, where, <laughs> where can you draw the line? Yeah. All right. And uh, favorite Bob Dylan song ever, Michael? Um. At, at least in uh, on March uh, 9th, uh, uh, This is a weird one. Uh, everything is broken. Oh yeah! All right, we're big Which O Mercy is, fans. That they he O Mercy appeared prominently in 1989. So Woo! Yeah, that was like Every you know, I mean, again, I was I've been talking about this to some friends about my access points and maybe you guys have similar experience, like your access point when you first are exposed to an artist right. is usually a really weird moment in their career. <laughs> you know, Cause for me, it was the eighties. So like the eighties, the first Bob Dylan record that I had was Oh Mercy. Yeah, sure. I'm like, Oh, this is what Bob Dylan's all about. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And then you got to go back. You're like, oh, okay, no, not really. You know? Okay. <laughs> or yes is a good example. Like, Oh, owner Perfect. of a lonely heart. I like, yes. And yeah. then you go, the fragile like oh no this is a very different <laughs> you know it's so funny you end. say that because i think nano whatever that is 90215 was the first and then i bought one of those two for one cassettes that had fragile on one side and close to the edge on the other nice. and i bought it when i was reading helter skelter the book about the manson family yeah sure and i mean i and i just freaked myself out i went from like 80s pop and then this like 17 minute songs and I'm, I'm reading about like Los Angeles and 16. I have such a vivid memory of being like 13 years old and, and scaring out. the shit out of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like going backwards into that band. All right. Well, I think you did very well uh, going yeah, off the that top was great. of your head, Michael. That, yeah. was, that was terrific. That wasn't easy. 
Let's go to our three songs. Our three songs. Which tonight is our four songs. Look at that. Uh, ben, why don't you start us off? Then we'll go to Michael, Jeff, and Tim. Uh, hold, hold on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm prepared. Oh, that's okay. What is it? Am I just picking <laughs> uh, a song from 2014? 2016? Your favorite song from 2014. Yep. And favorite being open to your interpretation. Yeah, the one totally. That it's not song that of the year. Most. Yeah. How it hit you. Or looking back now, how you think so about it? It could it could have been a record that I listened to in 2014 that wasn't didn't come out in 2014. You know yes. what? Sure. I you know because here's here's the embarrassing thing that I was going to admit earlier, but uh -huh. I got I forgot. It's like I don't listen to tons of new music because you and me uh, both. When I when I when I'm traveling and playing, it's sort of like I need to rest rest my ears, especially oh, for playing shows. You know, yeah. there's like it's sort of like a limited amount of bandwidth. And then I get home and I'm dad, you know, and it's like go from like one extreme of having every possible contingency thought about and taken care of for me, which is like a, a it's like a fantasy camp. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get home and then it's like, here are all the things that you have to do before lunch. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and both are great, but I, I, I wind up not, and it's I, I, it sort of sucks because I feel like there's probably a, a bunch of stuff that I've missed. So, um, but yeah, so I'm just that's my little insecurity about <laughs> this sort yeah. of thing. But I'm I, sure I can. I'm sure I can I find you. something. Uh, yeah, I you and I are on the same page with space uh, and with <laughs> music. So this is all good. And for and for exactly the same reason, because <laughs> Tim is so saturated with music for his professional life that he needs a break. Right. Nice try, buddy. I'm still mad at you about last week coming after me about my pick. Like, I picked a good song, and then you're you like, pick, and you and I you have no curiosity afterwards. Why? <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. I just assume that the song you hear more than any other as a volleyball coach is da 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 da. da. Uh -huh. Hey! Yeah. So once you get that out of your head, no, you have that's time a terrible song. To uh, yeah, don't worry. We don't we don't play that. Like that's a like you know that guy is a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Gary Glitter. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ben Barton, we're turning it over to you. Michael Jorgensen will uh, keep prepping behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I've got three different things to say. The first okay. thing is that I, I owe an apology based on two weeks ago. Oh, to, I got in, to the audience? Uh, Twitter spat oh. with super fan Kevin Brown. <laughs> And but I'm just going to go ahead and just give a flat, us Michael Jorgensen. I know. I'm just yeah. going to give a flat apology to this. This is okay. the guy who loves this podcast more than people and members of my family. And here I am arguing with a dude on Twitter. Yeah. That's first. <laughs> Second, he couldn't have been more right. He couldn't have been more oh. right, at least insofar as he said, I spent five minutes criticizing Drake and I didn't explain why I actually liked the song. So I'm going to go ahead and give a brief explanation for why I love okay. Hell Yeah, Hell Yeah, Fucking Right so much. Okay. Okay. Uh, first, I'm a huge fan of the anthem. The Windows Down, a song you can sing along with, and this okay. is a perfect song for that. Okay. Second, I'm going to suggest that it is occasionally very appropriate in your professional life. So this is an actual thing that happened. This year, the dean of the law school put me on the strategic planning committee because I've written a book about law schools. I know a lot about it. 
but I hate strategic planning. And I, I was like, I think this is a waste of time. And he was like, no, 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 you should do it. So the very first thing I did, the first meeting this committee, I convinced them to never meet again because we're going to hire a new dean and then we'll do it with the next dean. So I, I was like, that's a huge triumph. <laughs> dean stops me in the hallway and he's like, is it true that you sub the uh, torpedo, the strategic planning uh, committee, you're not going to no. meet anymore? And I was like, to quote Drake, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> fucking right. And I thought that was a perfect use of that. It was, and that is pretty one good. of the reasons why I love that song so. Okay, that's fair. Right. Plus, you probably got yourself out of committee work for the rest of your time at the. No, university. no, he's just going to assign me to different committees to torpedo them, and then we're going to have right. get all of that stuff taken care of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, 2014 uh, was a big year for TV on the radio. Okay. 2011, uh, nine types of light comes out, and the bassist dies. Oh. Gerard Smith, and he Shoot. dies like two weeks before the record comes out, and he's in his late thirties, and he dies of lung cancer. It's super, oh. super sad for these guys. And if you've heard the records, you know they spent like nine months, fifteen hours a day, all packed together like sardines in a Brooklyn studio, whoop, just recording things and getting it all correct. Okay, um, so they're heartbroken over it. They take a couple of years off, and then they come back. And they record 2014 Seeds. And it's a funny record. Like the uh, critics consider it to be, and it's the last record they've come out come out with, and it might have, like the death of the bassist might have broken them. That might have been it for them. They barely toured. Um, the record is not as well reviewed as the previous ones. Um, like Cookie Mountain and Desperate Youth uh, are like your know, records of the year. This one is sort of poo-pooed by the critics as a, you know, mid-career, you know, slower, less interesting album. I couldn't disagree more. This is my favorite TV on the radio record. It's filled with heartbreak and grief and coming to terms with it. And it really just crushed me this year. It comes out in July of 2014, just exactly at the time where I uproot my entire family and move us to Slovenia for a year for a Fulbright. And it was an amazing experience. We learned a lot, blah, 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 but it was really hard. Like yeah, the girls sure. were in sixth and eighth grade. Gosh. India had finished up her time on the school or she actually quit working on the school board. She went over and taught at an American school over there and had like five preps a day. Oh, she wow. hadn't taught in yeah. 10 years. I don't know, 15, <laughs> 20 years. It was brutal for her. Um, and this record that covers that mood and covers, it's like a midlife record too, really, really, really carried me through that year. I'm not going to choose Seeds, Jeff. I'm going to choose Quartz. And if quartz. you could start Quartz at the 22nd mark, it's this repeating, looping bells. There's this weird percussive sound that Sitek dropping a... a uh, dropping pieces of drums into the piano on the strings. And you can hear it like clanging with the noise and he's got that little loop throughout it. And it's a beautiful love song for a relationship that's sort of like continuing on into the harder part of being together. And so it was perfect for me in 14. Jeff, Quartz. Quartz by TV on the radio.
Should've known by the way things started But I should really give it up sometime And I should really give it up sometime No reprieve for the broken hearted Yeah, I should really give it up sometime So the harmonies in that, the rolling down the road part is so amazing. It comes in out of nowhere. The part where it just drops out super quiet and then comes back in with the full noise stuff. And then the guitars start coming in. Uh, I can't say enough. I mean, basically, I've already said it. Like, I I love this band. I pretty much love everything they put out. Um, And I also, I was just like so mad at the stupid critics. They were like, it's not as complicated or interesting as the previous work. I was like, really? (laughs) <laughs> really that's your re this is the first song of the stupid record that's your reaction to this song is it's not complicated enough for you like uh i love wow. it and uh spoke to me this was the song this was the album of the year for me i actually i couldn't choose between seeds trouble or this song and i just chose quartz because it's the first song um but I, I i listened i wore this record out and it All got right. me through that year i gotta i gotta listen to tv on the radio that's it. Well, I totally, I totally agree. It's their best record, and um, I just sometimes a, re- a band's just due for a backlash. I mean, our guest, yeah, that's knows, fair. Our guest knows a little bit of something about that. I mean, like, yeah. if you put out six great records in a row, people just decide that the fifth one isn't as good because they're tired of the narrative of total success, um, which is a shame. I do think that's a more modern, post-internet social media phenomenon that people are, people feel that hot take. Right, right. Instantaneous reaction. And, you know, the greatest art requires a little time to work with. But uh, all the things that I couldn't find in TV on the radio when Ben first fell for them, I find in this record. This is, I love this record. This is a great record. And it's great for all the reasons that Ben said. It's uh, it's hypnotic. It's got uh, soul. It's got heart. It's got warmth. It's got experimentation. And it's just, you know, it just sounds like, you know, great musicians uh, giving themselves permission to be great. You know, I don't. Thumbs up for me. Are they? Are they? Uh, are they broken up, Ben? No, they've not broken up, but they're on a they're on a what appears to be maybe a permanent hiatus to a semi permanent hiatus. It's, I love them okay. so much. I'm on their mailing list. And they don't mail uh-huh. me anything, so I go to their website and I like comb through their website, <laughs> and then I look to see if they've been interviewed. And and like I'm like, get out, you know, like get in the freaking studio already. Like I mean, it's 2014 is their last record. Oh it's wow, really this is their last feelings. record. Okay, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. It's a long stretch. All right, Michael. Should we go to you or to Jeff? Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been jog- jogging my memory here, so um, we do that. Yeah, so I have I have three that are <laughs> one is really one is like super popular that everybody would know, and then the other two are probably way under the radar. But 
Okay. Would be kind of cool, maybe. All right. Let's name uh, them all. Okay. So, <clears throat> Royals by Lord. Awesome. What a what an incredibly cool sounding track. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I mean, there's like nothing to it. I mean, not that there's nothing to it, but there's uh, there's such an economy of production. Yeah. In that, and then the vocals and heard the lyrics, and it's just such a a well crafted piece of music from awesome. a technical standpoint to sort of an emotional standpoint. It's just it's just wonderful. Love it. Love it. And uh, and so the other two uh, is one is a band called it's, it's probably the best band name I've heard in a <laughs> long time. It's called Landlady, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's my friend Adam Schatz uh, who is in New York, um, and we played a couple shows together, and we've we've kept in touch over the years. But uh, there's a song, uh, it's on Bandcamp. Um, and it is uh it's called above my ground above my ground by i'm working on it landlady Landlady. yeah um and it's i mean the whole record is really great but that one is the one that sort of struck me um again this this sort of you know this uh you know adam's got um a very colorful sounding voice Mm. And it's 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 certainly not like in the Lord camp. It's definitely more of a, you know, it's I feel like it's similar to my voice maybe, where it's like you know a little like nasally and pinched in some ways when I sing. <laughs> but uh, but he does it really well, and he he's really and it's just it, that's a really great a great song. Jeff, do you got um, thirty seconds? Um, Above my ground, my landlady. assume your friend will not sue us for wow. going over the one minute mark <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah uh, no i think adam will be it'll be all right with that that's good stuff by the way wow, yeah. i really like that the it website gets... is landladyland.com which is even better than the <laughs> landlady land <laughs> yeah. really yeah. no he's very clever and i love that that those lyrics are sort of 
I mean, we've all probably been in the state of really missing somebody or right. and having some unrequited feelings, but I don't think that's what this is about. I feel like this is about a much more profound loss. Okay. Just like a girlfriend or some, some broken heart situation, you know? Um, Cause I feel like we've all heard that song sure. a lot, but this, this seems like it's a, there's something more to this relationship rather than just like, somebody stubbing out a cigarette on your heart you know yeah, um, his voice is a killer though wow yeah yeah it's cool all yeah, right well see, uh, funny i was totally i was drawn to the instrumentation so much i barely heard the singing oh like, really like, yeah like, oh that yeah, bass line, when that bass with line the piano came in, and then the terrific, guitar yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. the drums and then to come in with a full band super yeah. yeah. likable and, and like, then they're, just they're, and then try to figure out what the next chord is going to be right no yeah, for sure <laughs> it was like a deconstruction of a rock song with the different parts and then you bring it all together in a weird way super yeah. likable no he's he's really he's super talented and um and he just wrote a piece for the new york times about learning how to play Simon Smith's and uh, Dancing Bear. Was that how the Oh, the I read that, that, the Randy Newman, Simon yeah, Smith yeah. and Dancing That's Bear, Adam. yeah. Yeah. No way, oh yeah. my God, all right. So he's having, he's having his moment. All right, go, go Adam. <laughs> COVID moment. Um, and then the other one is, uh, is a bit of, a, and it's not necessarily nepotism, but it's my good friend, Roberto Lang, who goes as uh, Elado Negro. And we worked on a song together back in 2012 okay i think yeah and and it it uh, it came out on this this record and i i just love roberto and any any more attention that i can shine his way um, super it's great but there's the song called um oh god they're all so good Mitad de tu mundo from eladonegro.bandcamp.com. It's the second track. His music is just so soulful and wonderful. And, you know, there's a, this big electronic component to it. But at the same time, there are, there are songs about experiences. And even though a lot of them are in Spanish and I don't understand the lyrics, it, you know, kind of doesn't. You can still get it. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, I'm not feeling like I want that I need to know the lyric, what the lyrical content mm -hmm. is. But it's a kind of that's also sort of a newer development for me re recently is like it turns out that the lyrics are usually what a song is about <laughs> as, as funny and as Who knew? As, as that sounds because again like we were talking earlier my bob james yeah. thing there were no lyrics you know and when no. there was it wasn't great um <laughs> And but I've been trying really hard to to cultivate my own voice in that way, and and you know, and being in a band with Jeff is is great, but it's also a little bit daunting. Right, right. Time, you know, um, not that he would ever critique me harshly for something like that. No, no. You know? um, but uh, but nevertheless, that like that voice is in the is part of the the Greek chorus that's in my mind. Sure. And I put pencil to paper, or pen to paper. Or, pixel to screen whatever you, whatever <laughs> metaphor you like <laughs> all right here we go mitad de tu mundo by alado negro Yeah, 
I don't have an artful way to fade out on Bandcamp, but uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. It's really Super just pretty. like dreamy and beautiful, and and it's very there's a really earnest, genuine quality right. to Roberto's music that I resonates with me. Uh, that's what I was saying. I don't know what he's saying, but I believe him. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, uh, I'm in. You know, Mita del Mundo is uh, de tu mundo is like the middle of middle of your world, middle of the mm. world, um, which is sort of you know everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Right. So can I ask you a follow-up question about writing? Because um, yeah, sure. I would imagine that one of the one of the challenges you have is your facility with sound manipulation, right? I mean, there are some guys who you know they they play the guitar, they play the piano, they play the bass, they play it in a way that sounds the way it sounded when they were a kid. Um, and my experience is that people with tremendous facility at the instrument aren't aren't always the same ones that are technically capable to manipulate that sound and make it something different like uh greenwood from radiohead or some other guys and then there are people who are very capable with sonic manipulation but they're kind of rudimentary players you know that they really are they're more engineers than and and you are a kind of a, a interesting mix of both with real technical facility but also mastery of the piano as a portal to a sonic landscape so how do you edit yourself? Like, how do you, do you hear a sound and chase after it? Or do you play a part and say, okay, how do I make that into something that is itself, but different sounding. So it's distinguished from other things. Or is it a, is it a chicken or the egg? Like I'm this, I just find myself, I'm somebody who finds himself now so overwhelmed in a studio with choices <laughs> that I just say, make it sound like a Wurlitzer. Whereas, you know, and, and I'm, I'm always impressed with people who can, push a little bit without being so distracting that the noise becomes the the, the distinguishing piece yeah. rather than the part totally uh i mean i think that i all three or, or all of the examples that you gave are pretty much valid ways of accomplishing a recorded sound right there's times where like the part the melody comes to me like oh what if it's I play this and and then it's like, okay, well, what's, what should that sound be? Should it be a piano? Should it be a tech piano? Should it be a Rhodes? Should it be a Rhodeser? And, you know, with, with Wilco, we have the luxury of being able to like, well, let's just try this first, see how it's working. And then if it's not, we'll try something try else. This, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's the more immediate way to, to, for me to get into a song is um, I made the horrible decision to, when we were working on Ode to Joy, not a horrible decision, but um, I was like, I'm just going to listen to the the demos that Jeff sent just once. And then I want to just really kind of just be in the moment in the studio um, and, and just react and be as sort of like um, on my toes as possible. And it, it worked for like one or two songs, but I realized like, you know, as we were getting into the, the, more of the material is like, oh, this is a little bit more <laughs> orchestrated and arranged than than I maybe had thought. So I had to like go then chart it out. So like that's the other way it'll happen. It'll <clears throat> I'll go figure out the chords. I'm sometimes I'll write it down, and then I'll go and at the loft we all have our little our desks. So I can I have a little keyboard there. So if I need to just work on something, I can put headphones on and okay and work while other stuff is happening and. Um, and then I can, 
I'll have the the sort of the, the the harmonic structure of whatever song, and then um, and then I'll have a few ideas about how I want to go about it. What does the song need? Um, and then I try, I try, I try, I try, I try to get out of my way as much as possible because intention is a fickle mistress. What you <laughs> what you intend to do, um, and what actually happens can be so glaringly disparate and, and different that it like that becomes more of the challenge of like how how do I honor the the gesture of what this song is and still have uh, some sense of responsibility if that makes sense <laughs> yeah totally to, to doing a to doing a good job or to you know to sort of satisfying the kind of nebulous hard to pin down criteria of of what it is and you just you just have to start doing something because if it sucks you just change it and yeah okay. i i'm i'm a big fan of making a big mess um yeah. okay well, and you have the luxury of that when you i mean it's even that description you have your own desks that you can i know to. That's I mean, so i'm great. so often <clears throat> i don't i'm not trying to hashtag myself here but i'm so often in a situation where I, i'm pulled into a session right and i've got the artist and the producer and like, okay, play something. And you do a first pass. And if they like the first pass, they're like, thanks for coming in. Like, so, so you're like, you know, you have to, you don't have that. Like, Hey, let me go sit for five minutes and think about it. You know, I'm frequently in yeah. positions where the, the, the artist can hear the clock ticking and they're seeing the money slip away. And, you know, and, right. and you're, you know, you're not, you, you are called in to deliver something that they hear in their head, but can't get out of their head. And I right. just, that 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 uh, space to take a breath is nice when you can get it for sure. But I think that's I I mean I've been in those situations before and it's not the most fun or creative. I mean there's nothing like a deadline to get stuff done. And, right. And there's there's certainly something to be said for that. I was watching a video of uh, Steve Lukather talking about his session days. And do you know that Rick Beato? Do you know him? He's a YouTube. Yeah, yeah, he's guy. great. Yeah, really just super cool dude, very thoughtful, extraordinarily talented and 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 technically miles above uh, most. Um, but he was talking to him. He's like, what do you like? How do you do that? Like, how do you, you play this solo in the Lionel Richie song? And he's like, oh, man, I was just screwing around. Like, I just, you know, he's like, but I can't believe that you, that's what you came up with. He's like, that's the job, you know. So if you're in that all the time, you come up with strategies mm -hmm. and ways to to deal with that. But if it happens, maybe like in the case of like a Wilco record, where it's like once every two years, yeah. um, and yeah. not every day, like five right. days a week or more. Um, but that's where that's. I don't know that I can make a record in another way because mm. I've sort of been <laughs> Pavlovianly trained, right. Is that a thing you can say, Pablo? I think so. Yeah, on this podcast, without question. Yeah. Um, by the way, by the way, Ben, my big takeaway from all this is that the fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys podcast needs a loft. We're gonna have to. <laughs> I want a loft. It'll have to be. Well, you need one. Look at your basement. You need a loft <laughs> so desperately, Tim. I don't mean to. Sh I mean, if anyone, I've got, a, I've got a basement. It's kind of like a loft. Look, the vibe of your basement isn't. I mean, isn't that different than the Wilco Law? <laughs> it's a whole lot of stuff crammed into a big space. Um, yeah. 
and that um, is great. There's probably not a Studer tape machine in your corner there, but <laughs> there's there's <laughs> other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff Simons, what's your pick for 2014? I have a, I actually have a big famous pick, but oh. I, I'm I continue to be amazed at how few people. I who I think will know all about this artist know of her but don't know her very well and even though I believe this won the Grammy for the for best alternative record I I still when I name check St. Vincent I'm unless I'm with like the like micro right. group of super fans people are just like who what and I just can't I don't understand why she hasn't crossed over so my pick for this year and there were this is a tough year there are a lot of records I love this year but um saint vincent put out her self-titled record this year and i i've name checked her before in this podcast yeah you have guitar players right now and um i just first of all i just admire her like she she became a professional musician very young she was still like late teens early 20s she played in glenn bronca's guitar orchestra she played uh in the polyphonic spree when they had like a thousand members no way yeah, she's just. I always really wanted to be in that. Start, I know, right? Uh, I she had a really interesting start to her career, and then um, I just find her music uh, really adventurous and really honest, and and uh, and it's very different record to record in ways that I think show a lot of growth. Um, and this was this is still my favorite. I I liked her uh, actually. She made a record called uh, Mass Education, I think it's called. And then she put out a piano solo version of it that actually looked better. Um, <laughs> she's just a terrific musician, but she's a she's a guitar player that does what I was just asking Michael about. Like she, it doesn't sound like a guitar very often. Um, yeah, she plays very angular, sharp notes. Her live show is just beyond belief. Like. Uh, it's you know it's very minimalist and she's making all these kind of robotic gestures and it's borderline performance art. Um, huh. But uh, I just I just find her I just think she's one of those musicians who's really really interesting. She doesn't make a record that I don't want to at least hear. And I I don't love all of it, but I I think that's when you're when when you're that committed to a vision of pushing the envelope, I think that's going to happen. So my song's Birth in Reverse, which is one of the, I guess, hits from this record. But it, it is another, I just want to say before I start playing it, like there are a lot of great songs written about masturbation, and this is one of them um, right <laughs> off the top. I can't wait for that with, podcast. That's going to be a great podcast. It's up there with uh, <laughs> Pictures of Lily by The Who, St. Swithin's Day by Billy Bragg, She Bop by Cindy Lauper. Like this belongs in the the pantheon of those. Or a Knob Off by Skunk. Yeah, ben. one of my favorites. Classic, <laughs> one of the all time great first lines of a song ever. Anyway, uh, I just I, I love St. Vincent, and here's Birth in Reverse. Birth in Reverse by St. Vincent. Oh, what an ordinary day. Birth in reverse, what I saw through the blinds. You 
So many wow. great She's things going jamming. on on the planet. Funky. She also sounds like D Boone from the Minuteman at times. Like I just think she, she's she's one of those people who takes in a lot of very cool influences and makes them her own. Really cool. I'm a fan. Right. I got to give her. Uh, do you guys have any opinions? I got to give her more of a listen. Oh, I'm a huge Saint Vincent fan for sure. You are. I think uh, I, my favorite song is your, my lips are red or your lips are red. That's um, a great song too. For 2007. Yeah. Your lips are red from 2007. Um, but I love this record and the mass education records. Great too. That's an Antonoff record. That's one of, that's one of the records that he's done on his hot streak. Um, she's great. I've seen her live. I saw her at uh, Bonnaroo. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous show. Um, I love it. It's so like angular and weird. And like, this is a perfect, this is a great example of her work. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It comes in and out with like really, really, really different parts. Um, and that, but at the same time, I mean, like she's a great guitar player and a beautiful singer. She could be doing like just a crooning set. You know what I mean? Yeah. But instead she comes in with this like really, really, really spicy angular take. I love it. But still very human and still very emotional. And I connect to it. Like it's not, I mean, sometimes performance art leaves me a little cold because I feel like the it's so aesthetic. It's that that's the point. I don't feel that way about her stuff. Like, no, I think that, that that's fair. But on the other yeah. hand, like, like um, I like it. It's aggressively artsy. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah, kind of yeah, going and she's not messing around with it at all. It's super likable. Cool, aggressively artsy. I like that. No, Saint Vincent. She's she's a force. Um, we uh, we played a festival. Luca played a festival in Memphis. Um, the I guess it's like Beale Street Festival or sure. Blues Fest or something, and it's right on the river there. Um, and and St. Vincent, they are they're on before us, and um, I remember being struck by how little equipment they had on stage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's just Annie, uh, a female guitar player, drummer, and a keyboard player, and I was like, how does this all make? How is the how is so much sound happening? But there's nothing on stage, and then I got in touch with their keyboard player at the time, Daniel Mintziris. And um, he's like, I was like, how do, how do you, how do you do this? And he's like, I actually, there's a lynda.com tutorial or run through <laughs> of my entire Ableton setup. No I way. Was like, I was like, Oh shit. So I watched it. And I was like, this has unlocked and answered some questions that I've had for so long. Oh wow. <laughs> and so in a weird way, I have, I owe a debt of gratitude uh, or an indirect debt of gratitude to to St. Vincent and Daniel for um, showing me the way into using the computer as a as a really sort of powerful tool for live, not necessarily for playing back beats and samples and stuff, but to have like good sounding piano sounds and good sounding synth sounds like ready to go when I push the button marked you know, trying to break that your heart. Fascinating. Everything comes up. Yeah. So Lynda.com. Um, I Unlocked believe it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, I, mean, I love that. It's so great. Yeah. And it's and it's like he was so sweet. He's like, I swear to God, everything that I talk about in that video is in the manual. 
<laughs> yeah, but people hate to read. My son won't do anything unless there's a YouTube video that explains tutorial. How to do it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. my fish is dying. I'm like, well, you should read about it. He's like, yeah. no. He types in dying fish into YouTube. It's like eighteen thousand videos of people like, does your fish look like this? How about this? Hilarious. But man, that there are some things about modern life that are amazing i mean i guess yeah. it is dystopia right because it's like <laughs> the the extremes are are getting so incredibly far apart um but something stupid happened in our house like one of the drawers in our refrigerator broke right you know like it cracked and it fell and i was like fuck man like how the hell am i gonna find a replacement for this uh -huh. drawer and i was like well i'll just go look like so I, I started searching and then there's a there's a, a website where all they do is sell you appliance <laughs> yeah. parts and it's amazing <laughs> because i don't have to go deal with this yeah. being a broken thing in my life and um and somebody yeah. can you know make a little money and i was like this is this is that is progress in right. some weird way. Um, <laughs> Four no, days totally. later, it's all fixed. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, That's oh, great. thank God. <laughs> all right. Well, I, we're, we're coming up on the end right now. I have some, some good news and bad news. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about appliance repair for longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's it. No more. So you all did, uh, you, you did well. Valiant efforts trying to find the best song of 2014. Uh, unfortunately, for you all, I have the best song of 2014. Jeff, how much Frazy Ford do you have in your computer? I don't think I have any. But we're I'm gonna, ready. We're going to go with September Fields by Frazy Ford. Best song of 2014. September Fields by Frazy Ford. Is a voice that compels me forward. Do you guys like Frazy Ford? Do you know Frazy Ford? I don't, I don't know. know anything. I don't know anything about Frazy Ford, and uh, oh. 
I expected to find the Spotify page and think you'd found some, but no. Uh, that's she was got in a, 14 million hits, that song. It's an enormous hit. She's uh, She was in the Be Good Tanya's. Have you heard oh, of them? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that voice is just an absolute killer for me. Sign me I up. actually have this song on my iTunes. This is the only song I have from Frazee Ford's 2014 release, <laughs> Indian Ocean. And I have no idea why I have it, but I do have it. So Because of the voice. At least, at least we're in the same neighborhood, Timmy. Nice job. You've got one Frazee Ford song, and this is it. I actually, do you want to hear my actual theory of how I have it? Uh-oh. All right. So no. I, I do the Metacritic thing. I look at the Metacritic and any right. album that comes in at 80 or above on Metacritic that's not you a death it, metal album, you give it I a go listen. ahead and buy. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll go to the website and I'll just listen through it and I'll choose one song. And I'm pretty sure that's what happens. All right. Hey, I'll take it. But I, we chose the same song. So at least we're yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. She, uh, she's from Canada, I think, British Columbia. But she went to Memphis to record this album. So it had some Memphis session musicians. <laughs> See, that's so interesting because I, I think <laughs> yeah. it sounds like guys trying to sound like Memphis, not actually. No, they Memphis actually guys. were Memphis. Yeah, and they were trying to sound like Memphis. That, because that B three is a little uh, a little on the nose for the Booker T imitation, but well, the baseline's great. That baseline's kicking. I usually take like a B twelve or a B six, <laughs> whatever it takes, man. B thirteen, B fourteen. That's right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Some of us are teaching in the morning. Ben, are you teaching in the morning? I am. Yeah, eight forty-five a.m. Contracts two, express Contract conditions. Two. Everyone's going to be very excited to hear me. <laughs> All right, Michael Jorgensen, thank you so much. Thank you for, so much, man. On a, yeah, on man. a whim. What a pleasure. Hanging out no, with us fun. for the night. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying yes to everything these days, you know. Good for you. Well, I mean, this, this podcast was born of the COVID times and, you know, trying to figure out how to connect and, um, and hang out. I love when, it. Uh, it's great. When we well, got and also you pandemic. like uh we're 50 year old white guys so you know that we love wilco this is how much you love wilco i my younger daughter was i was like oh i was like i'm going to 11 tonight she's like why why are you recording so late and i was like oh we got the keyboardist from wilco and she was like you got the keyboardist from wilco <laughs> and i was like yeah and she's like you must be so thrilled and I was like, yes yes i am thrilled <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, I have I have tickets to the two shows you were supposed to do at the Fox on hold. So hopefully oh. that'll happen. So we'll, let's uh, go. Everybody I, get get your vaccines. And we are you guys vaccinated as educators? Yeah, got, my second one. My second one's tomorrow. Yeah, okay. I got one down. And I'm one down, but not because I'm an educator, because I like to hang out at pharmacies. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, not well, even I've kidding. Been, That's how I got it. I'm going to I'm going to go to the high school tomorrow and try to fly standby. Yeah. yeah, that's what happened that, to me. That's how Ben yeah. got it. Yeah, do it. All and right. If not, you could just like, you know, you could just blend into the high school and do a whole Fast Times at Ridgemont High thing for a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Either, tomato, tomato. Do you know the movie Easy A? Sure. Yeah. That was sure. filmed at the high school where they're giving oh, the vaccine. No okay. way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a very Ojai movie in, uh, in many ways. Very I mean, it was shot fun. here, but uh, <laughs> the characters in it. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But yeah, that's where I'm going to go tomorrow to go try to get do the it. vaccine. Get it done. Um, All right. Well, best to your uh, best to your family. And, yeah, likewise. Uh, and uh, nice thanks, you all. thanks so much. Yeah, you as well. All right. Well done. Later, boys. Take care, everyone. See you guys. Bye. You're going to need it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. ElectroCast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.